Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Donovan wants to switch. Trying to get Macklemore on him. Now he has Tucker on him, though. He drives, gets to the window, and scores it. Donovan's got 19. Jack. There's the backdoor cut. Niang saw it come and stole it. Pass out to Bogdanovich. Takes a dribble. Settles himself. Fires. Hits. Timeout, Mike D'Antoni. David Locke will be on the call tonight. Listen to the Jazz and the Spurs. Pre-game show starts at 5.30, tip at 6.30. Time to get back on that horse after a bad performance, oh, PK. Sure. Yeah. The Spurs are six games under 500. They are. Seven. They are two and a half games out of the last. They're ninth in the West. Two and a half games out of the last Maybe playoff three, spot. three and a half. There it is. Yeah. Popovich, 71 years old. You know, he, I mean, he, he, talking about Kobe the other day when they lost. Who cares? I hope he has that same attitude. Yeah, <laughs> hold on to who cares. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because they look like they're a long way for, away from being what they were, obviously. So this is one of these teams that now for two months you've beaten. Fact. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. No one wants to, not no one, but a lot of Jazz fans are like, I don't want to get too excited about this. These are a bunch of bad teams. But once you don't win a game that you think you're supposed to win, What's wrong? Suddenly, yeah. well, we do have to win those games. It is a big deal. Oh, yeah. And, and that's how the Lakers, the Clippers, the Bucks, well, whoever great teams else you all these teams. It's exactly. what they do. They've racked up a gazillion wins against it's been that no way forever. Teams. So, you know, you have a day off. And you really played poorly the other night. There's no other way to say it. They would be the first to admit it. And so they fouled you, too much. Yeah. They had too many unforced turnovers. I mean, you can hear it in Locke's voice when Bogey B hits a three. And I use I, one of the things I love about Locke when he says timeout and then he names the coach. Mm-hmm. Well, go back and play that timeout, Mike D'Antoni. <laughs> right, this no. isn't going anywhere. No, I like the one I remember. Timeout, Vinny Del Negro. <laughs> you can hear in his voice, you're getting crushed. Yeah, yeah, but it's a timeout. You're reeling. You know, Bogey B hits a three and timeout. Yeah. Mike D'Antoni. Yeah. Mike, yeah. Mike no, no, D'Antoni's no, no. perturbed. The lead's down to 11. Yeah. I, I want that passion of that lock is known for. All right. Well, listen for it tonight. Time out. Pop. Oh, yeah. I want to hear it. It won't be as the big crowd a deal will be roaring the crowd. They're on the road. You hear the crowd and everybody gets And as an and announcer, you can definitely ride that emotion. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you and uh, Gerald, uh, what's his face? You guys have done that for years, haven't you? Gary Gerald. You had people tweeting at you about Gary <laughs> Gerald. Did you see that? That cracked me up. I almost texted you. And I thought, oh, never mind. He'll see do you, eventually. Do you do you that? Didn't go, you didn't go to your mentions and see that? Uh, I'll turn it on. Okay. Do you do that? Timeout, Bruce Arena. <laughs> no, because they don't call timeouts. There's no soccer. timeouts in soccer. Why not? It's not the way oh, they roll. No, I know why. Because there's so much there's so much dead time during the course of the game. What yeah, the hell you do you need, need more dead time if you for? Need a, if you need a timeout, someone just fakes an Achilles injury. Oh, they just kind of kick the ball back and forth between the ah, 30s anyway. So there's there's all sorts of dead time. Between with, the 30s. That was nice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that cracks me up. <laughs> the 30s. 
the works. The 18s, but whatever. Yeah. No, the third, the 30-yard lines. You know what I'm talking about. No 30-yard line. PK. Well, the more we Americanize it, the better it off it'll be. <laughs> I've been trying to tell you that for years. A random hilarious soccer note. When RSL was playing in that, you love this, CONCACAF playing in the uh, in the final against Monterey, and they played down there. Orange the Slice tournament, time. I call it, yeah. And, of course, it's in Mexico, so it's authentic, except they share that it's one of the schools that plays uh, – Football, and so that you go to Mexico, and there's actually football yard lines on the field. They were, they could have played between the third. UT, University of Tijuana, no, oh. no, University of Monterey, I assume. PV State, <laughs> PV State, Puerto Vallarta, <laughs> Puerto Vallarta State. <laughs> when Puerto Vallarta State plays <laughs> Palos Verdes State, it's a grudge match. PV bragging rights. All right, Jazz Spurs tonight. Jazz, this is the start of a back-to-back. They'll get Denver. Uh, the next night, but first things first, got to beat the Spurs. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Middleton lifting for another jumper. Good again. Two in a row by Middleton. 135, 126, 46 now for Middleton. Lopez top of the key, handoff to Middleton. Chris driving. Oh, and a slam dunk for 50. 143, 130, 51 for Chris Middleton. And he did it with a powerful jam. Wow. So see what happens to teams other than the Jazz. Chris Middleton goes off for a career high, 51 points. And the Bucks beat the Wizards. 151 to 131. Wow. They're going up and down the floor right there. Wes Unseld and walking through that door. (laughs) Wes Unseld. Nice. The Big E ain't walking through that door. Gilbert Arenas ain't walking through that door. Gilbert Arenas. Nice. Elvin was more of the offense. Wes was the heart and soul of the defense. Correct. (laughs) So that's why I went with the defense. Okay. Uh, The... Chris Middleton goes off, and of course the uh, the important part of that was there were more shots for him to have because Antetokounmpo didn't play. Yeah, it's an uh, Eric Gordon type situation there, obviously. Yep. And then the Suns, man, put forty eight on a, in a quarter on the Mavs in Just Dallas, destroyed them in Dallas. Yeah, forty eight. Now I think if you're a Phoenix fan, you're all excited because DeAndre Ayton maybe shows some stones because. He was picked two spots ahead of Doncic, and, you know, they hadn't been close. He would take Doncic every second, every time, and maybe he got a little motivation here. 31 points, nine boards, made 13 of his 15 shots. But, and that that's nice, but he's uh, like a higher-level Ulster tag in terms of now you can't just go with, you know, you're 18 and 8 now for the next two weeks, which, you know, that's decent numbers. So, I mean, he's a better player than Greg was, but... Point being, you've but got the point to find is consistency. If you can go for this, you need to do it more often. Yes. And right now, there's no reason to think that he'll ever do what Doncic does. But the more you can close that gap, the better they'll feel about it. Exactly. And clearly, yeah, on yeah. some level, he's heard. He knows what people oh, yeah, are saying. Oh, Aiden well. was a mistake. The heck did you draft him for? So he goes into Dallas and goes off. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that, that was what it was. Well, then you need to reach that inner motivation more often because the stars of this league, that's the greatness in them, is the consistency. And we're seeing it out of Mitchell now. The stars of this league, they're doing it You know, 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10. We saw it for two decades, basically, with Carl Malone. You know, you basically, you put that in there, and he's going to give it to you night after night after night, game after game. It's what Malone did for well over 15 years, and that's why he was awesome. Grizzlies and Nuggets in Memphis, and the Grizzlies win 104-96. Valen had a game. 
23 points, 12 boards. So the Nuggets and the Mavericks were the two best teams in the West playing last night because obviously the Laker and Clipper game was postponed. And they both got beat. Yeah, they just got to hold on to try to get healthy. I mean, they're still down. They're guys. missing guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just a fact the way it is. They have dropped now a half game behind the Jazz and a full game behind the Clippers. Lakers one, Clippers two, Jazz three, Nuggets four. They're the top four in the West right now. You're going to see a lot of NBA players wearing either number eight or number 24 when they don't usually do it. Switching numbers. Spencer Dinwiddie did it. Well, they switched out of it. Switched out of it. Switching out of eight or 24 to something else. Kind of uh, retiring Kobe's number, even if the league doesn't do it. Or Cuban's done it in Dallas. Nobody's going to wear it there. They're just like, well, all I can decide is I'm not going to wear it. So they're not wearing it. Yeah, and whatever. I mean, if you also want to decide, hey, I'm going to wear this to to honor him, or I don't want to wear it to honor him. I don't really care. It doesn't doesn't much matter to me. But you can see these guys in their 20s when they were around 10. You know, Kobe would have been all that. Right. He was all that. I've been at the peak, and he would have been the guy. He would have been the guy they all went out and... Yeah, I mean, said, I, there was a time... Kobe! He's, a, he's, he's not shot. one of, certainly... I mean, not the, certainly one of the faces of the league. Yeah. And I mean, that's why he's getting all this... Uh, Oh, what would you call it? Uh, disremembrance or whatever it might yeah. be? Rockets and Blazers tonight, ESPN, 8 o'clock. If you want to uh, check that game out, Jazz game was 6.30, so it's a little offset there. Check out the end of that game. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Before the end of the half, though, an interesting moment, an unusual eruption of anger from Mike Krzyzewski. You see the Cameron Crazies chanting at the pit bench, and then Coach K yelling, shut up, shut up. And he walked across the court as time expired on the first half to tell them they were chanting toward Jeff Gapel, he's one of us. He's one of us. Now, from what we can discern from tweets from beat writers sitting down a long press row, they were saying, Jeff Capel, sit with us. Mike Krzyzewski screaming and hollering at the Cameron Crazies. I thought that was a poor look, PK. That was awkward at best. Get off my lawn. A little bit. He looked like an old, crazy old man. (laughs) The screaming shut up. How about please be quiet? Or is sit with us like the worst thing the fans at Cameron could have chanted? I know. (laughs) know? I was like, all the stuff you've heard over the years. Right. Because I saw it on a TV with the sound down first. I didn't know what it's like. Ooh, what are they? You know, what are they chanting that he's so embarrassed by or something? And then when you hear about it, you're like, oh, okay, they're chanting the opposing coach. He used to be a Duke player, but and a Duke assistant coach, seven yeah. years. Assistant still with us. Oh, I thought you meant player. Oh, good point. Player for seven years? No. <laughs> yeah, he's oh, he, a Dukey. Well, he's thought of as a potential candidate. To replace him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever uh, and, and and even if he'd wanted like to it. shut him up, you know, if he'd gone over and waved his arms and give him the cut sign or something, but the the anger was so I don't know. It struck me as a weird moment. It was weird watching a game out of Wyoming with a bunch of empty gold seats. You could hear individual voices out of the crowd. And it at was the start, nobody me. could make a bucket. It was ugly. Well. That, now Aggie's got it together late in the first half. And actually, just the last five minutes and a half, I thought it went from, this is a hideous, ugly basketball game, and I can't believe it's on ESPNU, and Aggie fans are going to be dying watching this, too. Oh, the Aggies got this. So do you think that uh, if the game is bad, like at the second media timeout, you just cut away? 
Yeah, that would be a good idea. <laughs> You're off to ESPN3. Due to the lack of interest in this disaster. We fast forward. The, the funny thing is they didn't have to cut away. It was supposed to be on ESPNU, but the game before on ESPNU, I think it was an SEC game, Auburn, went yeah. double overtime. So it was on ESPN News until halftime. But even so, that was... If, if the Aggies had been playing a better team, the road woes could have easily continued. They could have been buried early. The first 10 to 15 minutes... They just couldn't uh, score. Yeah, but I can also argue if they've been playing a better team, they, they would have played more better. Focus, yeah, yeah. So. except we got Air Force and UNLV. I mean, they've been struggling on the road. It's been bad, but they got it together. And once they did, they never looked back. Wyoming well, never got back in the game. The whole second half, you knew Utah State had that, and they win by 23-68-45. They improved to 17 and six. They're six and four in the conference. And as Bill Pel- Belichick would say, PK. On to San Diego State. I've never heard Bill say that. Well, on to Cincinnati. It's close enough. Have you been to Cincinnati? I have been to Cincinnati. Have you been to San Diego? I have been to San Diego. It's not close enough. (laughs) (laughs) Went to Cincinnati for the NCAA basketball tournament. First time I saw the tournament in person. All right, UVU. Host Cal Baptist. The WAC game tonight, Norm, 7 o'clock. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I think he does a heck of a job. He uh, he does a lot of two back uh, stuff that was kind of back in the day football, but is uh, with his success will be coming back. Uh, football's a big circle, and uh, things what's good today won't be good tomorrow, but it'll come back the following day. So it's uh, he's done a real nice job. Sharp guy, very very sharp. Super Bowl quotes, PK. What can you say leading up to the Super Bowl? That's, so that's like fashion, then. That's Andy Reid. Yes, comes it comes back in style. Exactly. The Big Circle. I mean, that's a, that's a nickname you could have for Andy Reid. Andy Reid talking about Kyle Shanahan. Well, it, it works. I you know I don't know if that's going to be Shanahan's style forever and ever, but it works now. The talent they've got and the way teams are defending them, and the question is, when the Chiefs do whatever they have to to take away that run game, is Garoppolo going to make big plays? It's not a big deal that he didn't make him in the NFC title game because he didn't have to. Based on the way they were running the ball, they did the smart thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that doesn't last forever. Some people load up and, like, you're absolutely not going to run the ball on us like that. And then it'll be up to Garoppolo to come through with big plays. The other Chiefs news is Clark Hunt, the chairman, says Mahomes might be a year away from an extension. But it's a priority to get it done. Might be 12 to 15 months. Really? I hope Patrick is here for his entire career, and that's huh. going to be our goal. That's shocking. Yeah. <laughs> you really want to lock him up, do it now. Oh, yeah, whatever. Uh, I would think whatever the contract rules allow. Aren't they making too much money in the NFL to have a lockout or a strike? You they don't think, think so. They, you could say that in any professional league. Yeah. Talking big now, NFLPA Executive Director Demuri Smith. The reality is if we want to hold out and get everything we want, that's probably going to mean a two-year strike. Of course they're going to say that now. Yeah. Say whatever you want now. That's predictable. I hope they do. I hope it goes away for two years. Show up for kickoff. Be fine by me. What are you going to do with your Thursday nights and your Sunday nights and your Monday nights? Well, there'll be other stuff to do. I mean, I'd prefer they play, but if they want to go away and... Can't stop them. It's not going to... I can live with it. They're, they're the ones that are going to suffer, not me. I, I got plenty of college football to, to take my mind off of it. 
I think it's a joke. I think there's any league for that matter. But I never take sides on that. Say what you're going to say. Yeah. Posture every posture. Justify your job and fight for your guys. And, and to a degree, maybe some of this is like, hey, this is a warning to the players. Like, yeah, we can get everything we want, but do you really want a two-year strike? Because in two years, you're not going to be in the league anyway. Uh, yeah. So I maybe he's sending a message I to I don't them. care. I will not let the business of sports get in the way of my entertainment. So A good line to draw. If the NBA does it and the last time they did it, I didn't take sides. I didn't pay attention because I'm not a business fan. I'm, my business mind sucks. <laughs> it does. It does. You handle all the stuff for us. My wife handles all the stuff for us. I stay out of it. My job's to pop off. I don't have a business mind, so I'm not going to let those guys. They got to do what they got to do. Both sides got to do what they got to do. Whatever side, whatever league you're talking about, and more power to them, whatever. But I don't get involved in that. I'm a fan of the games. That's why I enjoy it. That's Life's running out of time. I didn't need the Kobe Bryant situation to know I'm one day closer to death. Yep. So I'm going to go for my enjoyment, and my enjoyment is to watch games, and I'm not going to get caught up in that. So then when they come back, you heard like when baseball had their World Series strike, you heard people say, I'm never coming back. Well, I came back because I didn't pay attention to it. So and, it's, and when the NBA did their thing a few years back, when they came back, I'm ready to go. Hall of Fame defensive end Chris Dolman passing away at the age of 58. He had had surgery to remove a brain tumor in 2018. Played I saw for the that, uh, man. 58 years old. Sure, yeah. I remember him very well. Played for the Vikings in the late 80s, early 90s. Played and then moved around the league. But that played, sucks. Yeah, had a long career. 58. Well, it goes back to what you just said. You know, the older we get, the more funerals we go to, the more people who we watched on TV. It doesn't matter if it's music or sports or whatever. You see another one of them go and you think, all right, I got 20 years or 30 years or in your case, given the longevity on your side of the family, you know. Well, you got to clean up years. a few things there, buddy. Yeah, tell me about it. Clean I've it been up. trying to. I know. Oh, that's what he said. Tell me about it. You got to keep doing. It's working. I, mean, I need your help to make progress. Two packs a day is ridiculous. <laughs> That's funny. Donuts. <laughs> what is trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Tim Lacombe, Utah Jazz radio analyst. We hear him on the pre-half and post. He's going to join us coming up in about uh, 10 minutes. Chad Lewis. Former BYU and Philadelphia Eagle tight end will join us at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. Talk NFL playoffs to talk Super Bowl. Maybe a little BYU football. Maybe a little Taysom Hill. Ah, the Saints getting ready to pass the torch if Drew Brees cooperates. He just well, that's what we're hearing. That's he doesn't just up and retire now. Yeah. Which to me is shocking. He was playing so well, I figured he's going to play another year well, for and sure. And Bridgewater was 5-0. and zero. Yep. Maybe it's a financial thing, but they make it sound like we love Taysom Hill and we want him to be our starting quarterback. There's finances playing into it for sure. Right. They only have $10 million in cap space right now. Well, if Breeze retires, they can afford to sign Bridgewater. Correct. Yeah. That, but yeah. if Breeze doesn't retire, then Bridgewater is probably going to get a bucket load of money and yep. be out in New Orleans. In which case, they got to get Taysom ready and... Right, it's but it still seems like they prefer Hill over Teddy B. Just reading the stuff you read yeah. and all the word out of there, yes. Which is surprising to me. 
All right, your thoughts on uh, Taysom Hill, his NFL future, if he's got to transition in and being the starting quarterback in Saints with the Saints pronto. We will get to that coming up, and we'll run that by Chad Lewis as well. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.8 of the zone. The Jazz with Tim Lacombe next. Show. Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready? You guys ready? Matt Harpring, longtime member of the Utah Jazz and opponent of Kobe Bryant. I mean, there's just two or three players I could ever remember going against in competition that had a will and a desire to win more than Kobe Bryant. You knew it was going to be a war. If he could, he beat you 100 to nothing. It's admirable because he inspired a generation of players that saw what he did, and it was more about his will to win. If you listen to people talk and about his work ethic, how his will to win just came off the TV where people could see it. Like, he just wasn't willing to lose. That just wasn't his persona. Catch the Big Show, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Afternoons from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Purchase a Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat ticket to an upcoming jazz game and receive unlimited hot dogs, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream, starting as low as $37 per ticket. Visit utahjazz.com or call 325-2999 to buy your Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat tickets now. Time to talk a little jazz basketball. Tim Lacombe joining us, jazz radio studio analyst. You hear him on pre-half and post-game shows. Of course, former uh, BYU coach, was also on the staff at Utah before that. Tim, good morning. How are my buddies doing today? Uh, we're doing we're doing fine. Know, Jake and DJ, how you guys doing? Oh, playing the victim. <laughs> oh. Playing the victim. I'm proud. I'm proud already. <laughs> You're used to it. You've been booed by 20,000 people. What's me? <laughs> That's true. That's true. The problem the sad thing is is when you're it's your own fan, you know. That's what I meant. <laughs> That's when you know you got That's when you know you got a problem. <laughs> Well, Jazz fans weren't booing when Houston was in town, but they were pretty distressed. And was it a one-off? Did you see any uh, issues there? Uh, the switching defense, can other people replicate that at the level Houston does and bug the Jazz with that going forward? Or are we just worried about nothing? It was just one night in the NBA and whatever. It happens. Well, I think that uh, I actually think the answer is a little bold. I think more than anything, it was a one-off. Uh, there were just too many wild plays where, uh, you know, the Jazz literally just gave them the ball. You know, there was just plays that you haven't seen the Jazz make all year. Uh, and, and I've kind of found, you know, in the situation with kind of all the emotion of the weekend, and then guys want to go out there and do something, you know, to honor him. Sometimes you, you play the game uh, with a different mindset. Uh, and some crazy stuff happens. So uh, I write a lot of it off to Matt, but I do think there were some scheme things. I thought, uh, you know, Houston's defense has always been difficult for the Jazz, the way they switch everything and keep everything very tight. Uh, switching allows you to stay home on shooters, so they got, you know, less looks uh, as a blunder, per se. And then I think the other piece that was interesting to me was just the amount of driving, isolation and driving that Houston did and had a ton of success. Uh, and so those are two things from a scheme standpoint that other teams probably can pick up on, but I would say the Rockets are probably, as you find the NBA switching, 
and being able to communicate and keep track of everything. Um, and then they've got the guys to ISO you out and drive you. So those are two things, you know, when the Jazz play the Rockets again, uh, to look for probably, you know, even more because they'll have actually have their guy. So really, one singular thing, uh, no matter to what level, unless it's some catastrophic thing, really doesn't alarm me in January. So I can't get too crazy over a victory or a loss. But my thought is with the Rockets and doing what they did, guys see this, other teams see that, and you're dealing with, I happen to believe that most, if not all, these coaches in this league are extremely intelligent. And so they can see stuff and word can get passed. Do you have any concern about it now catching on with other teams down the line, you know, maybe not immediately against the Nuggets or what have you, but going forward, uh, see stuff, particularly when you get in the playoffs, because we saw last year when the Jazz played the Rockets, they had this unusual defensive strategy that they had never employed, at least not consistently. So the point being, when you get to the postseason, things really hone in. Do you see any concern about maybe down the line other teams trying to steal what the Rockets did and then the Jazz have to make adjustments to that? Yeah, I mean, that's always a concern, and I think that really all coaching is is, is uh, another word. I and mean, obviously, the, the big piece of coaching is having your team with you and, and getting them to play for you. Uh, the scheme stuff really is the amazing thing is how much how much your trends go through uh, the league and coaches pick up on them. I, I, when I first got in the car, I was listening. I always listen to you guys. Thank you. And they, you know, Mike Reed was or Mike Reed, Andy Reed was talking about uh, Shanahan and just how he's brought two backs back into the game, and that you're going to see more of that. Uh, the NBA is no different, and I think people obviously scout and watch film, so it's something to be aware of. But uh, that's something from, uh, especially being in January from here forward, that's something the Jazz can devote some time to in practice and figure out ways to get better at attacking teams and switch. So you're watching these other uh, teams in the West. Who is because uh, the records are the same with the uh, virtually the same with the Nuggets, the Jazz, and the Clippers. I think some Jazz fans look at this and think, well, the Clippers are probably a little better than their record because they're resting guys now, but all their guys will play in the playoffs and it'll be better. And the Nuggets have had injuries and haven't had all their guys, so if they get healthy, they'll be better. Do you think? Either or both of those things are true, or you think there's other things that kind of make them about this good and who they are as they head into the postseason? I'm, I'm, I'm as you guys, I've made this clear, you know, the different things I've been on. I'm not a huge, uh, I'm not a huge uh, management guy, load management guy, and I think that last year. You know, I got somewhat proved wrong because I, I just don't know that you can flip it on and flip it off. Uh, last year, Toronto did an unbelievable job. Well, I did an unbelievable job of it. Proved that when you're fresh, um, you can do great things. So uh, my feeling is that it's going to be a dogfight. I don't know. I mean, if I'm rating out of those two teams, I say the Clippers are the better team. Uh, and I say the Clippers are the better team just because of their depth and the fact they've got Kawhi Leonard, uh, who I think, you know, right now is arguably one of the best players, one of the best two players in the world. Um, so my thought is, you know, get Paul George healthy and firing on all cylinders, 
but I just like their supporting cast as well. So I think Clippers, in my mind, playoff-wise, they're built for that, and I think they're, they're in my mind, a better team and a, and a tougher challenge right now. But I don't take anything away because I think the Nuggets are a great team as well. So how vulnerable are the Jazz if threes aren't dropping? I think very vulnerable because that's a huge piece of what they try to do on a nice basis. And, uh, you know, the, the one thing that's a little different this year, they're getting more scoring out of Rudy. Um, and then they've also got, in my mind, more so than ever before, they've got the, uh, the ability to play like I'm talking about with Houston. Like, you know, Clarkson, Bogdanovich, uh, Obviously, Donovan, uh, Conley, uh, Joe Ingles. They can have all those different ball handlers. So you can really kind of pick on a matchup. Um, and that hasn't always been the case with the Jazz. It's been kind of like, this is our best player, and you've got to go against their best player. Um, and everybody else got to kind of play off that. I think the difference in this Jazz team this year is that these guys now have, or the Jazz now have, four or five guys they can initiate and run offense through. And we've seen that to close games, you know. We've seen a heavy dose of Joe when the matchup's been good. Uh, we've seen uh, Boyan go off at the end of the game, uh, even in the post, you know, them posting him up. And then obviously Donovan's just his reputation to just close games. Uh, so that's where I think the Jazz are different. And, yeah, vulnerable to the three, but not as vulnerable to the three as they have been. And we're prior to the free agency, or excuse me, the, uh, the trade. So, to follow up on that, isn't everyone vulnerable if the three isn't dropping, and how much does it matter that the Jazz are at 38.5% from the three-point line? They're two points better than the next best playoff team in the West. So, isn't everybody vulnerable to that? And you can worry about it, but everybody's worrying about it, so it kind of cancels each other out. Yeah, I mean, I was around it for so long. Worry is really not kind of the word that coaches. Worries are probably what fans do. Obsess is what coaches do. And I think there's a big difference because uh, on the obsessed side, there's stuff you can actually work on and try to improve and get better. But, yeah, the the whole league, it's a, it's a space. It's a spacing and a three-point league. I mean, you, you don't have to watch much um, NBA to see that. That's where this game has gone. And uh, so, yeah, everybody's got to make threes. Um, but the Jazz have had nights where they haven't made uh, a ton of threes or they haven't shot a particularly great percentage and they figure out a way to win the game. So I don't know that it's the be-all, end-all for them, but it is important, and that's the way they've built this lineup, uh, to be able to have isolation play and kickouts for wide-open shooters that are very good. Um, so... The three-point shot will be huge for the Jazz, but I think there's way. I think they're built differently now, so they can get through a bad shooting night. So I am guaranteeing that Mitchell and Gobert will make the All-Star team. Are you with me? Hundred percent. I don't know how. I don't know how they can't be. I, I just think that with the Jazz playing as well as they have in the first half, and then just take the numbers. I mean, I really think the tough thing is. You know, if you just uh, did a blind draw on the kind of year Bogey's had, you know, there's arguments that he could be one. Um, but for sure, I think those two guys have paid their dues. I think they've 
um, you know, they've grown their team. They've committed to it, and they're they're all-stars, no doubt about it. And Rudy shows us, again, you know, late the other night, that great block. Um, I think that's been one of my favorite things of being out of coaching this year is I've been able to watch the Jazz more. Yeah. And I have... I have so much more fondness and respect for Rudy Gobert because you guys know if you watch him on a night, a one-off basis, you watch him maybe once, then wait two weeks. It really depends on the night you get um, or it has in the past. But I think he's kind of put it together. He's consistently uh, dominating the defensive end, and I think he's made great strides and polish to his offensive game. He's doing things offensively that I haven't seen him doing. Uh, and I know a ton of credit goes to my boy Alex Jensen on that piece. Now people are going to wonder how you and Alex are so tied. Explain it. Well, I was a uh, my very first year at Utah. I was a manager, and I actually walked into the Utah offices and volunteered my my time and services, and had no idea how it would impact my life and my vocabulary. Um. <laughs> PK knows what I'm talking about with the vocabulary. Bleep, yeah. He laughed. You know? <laughs> I need to hear your laugh. It needs to be audible. True. Because I'm in a car. I got it. Anyway, <laughs> um, Al was a freshman on that team, and his nickname, and he earned it well, we got home from Laramie one night, and it was there was a blizzard. And we were, there's two managers. One guy was waiting for us at the Huntsman Center, but we pulled in about 2 in the morning, so we brought the bus back. And... We got off, and it was a blizzard, and we were carrying bags. And I turned around. All the guys had taken off, but Al had loaded himself up um, with bags and was walking with us into the Huntsman Center. And from that point on, he was known as St. Al. And uh, that's, a, that's a friendship I've had now for, gosh, 30 years, um, and one that I really value. And I know how good he is. He's going to be head coach in the league soon. Yes, he is. Talk to him about that uh, in the fall. That's going to happen at some point. Yeah, he's really nothing short of sensational. I, <laughs> if I, you know, if I were a woman, I'd marry him. <laughs> Where'd that come from? Who's that? I just like guy in the passenger seat here. <laughs> Ask him what he thought of me. No, because again, vocabulary. <laughs> Good decision, Tim. <laughs> Solid decision. Thank you. Some of the best yeah, times I've been of our lives. For a couple months now, I know I know what where to push and where to pull. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's all about time and score. You got to you got to know time and score before you hey. make decisions. Come on now. We understand. Yeah, time and score, buddy. Bosses he was well taught in the trap leagues of San Diego. <laughs> bosses push, leaders pull. Bosses push, leaders pull. Yeah. I like it. I'm headed to a sales conference all day today, 8 to 5. Use that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. With a little break for my uh, cameo with DJ, 3 o'clock. <laughs> that a kid. I like it. Uh, so one more thing that we should uh, pass along. If he's going to be in a sales okay. seminar, he needs to use the line. Was it your brother-in-law who used it in mm-hmm. interviews? Yeah, yeah. Structure. Well, you have to have flexibility within a structured system. Accountability in a structured system. Flexibility in a structured system. Flexibility. Yeah. In a structured system. Sounds way deep. I highly agree with that. (laughs) Absolutely. In fact, let's do let's do a little game here today. 
um, since I'm going to be sitting in that all day, my Twitter's at T. Lacombe. Okay. Maybe uh, you guys think of some really smart things that don't sound contrived that maybe I can throw my hand up and just offer. Uh, <laughs> I like it. Okay, wisdom. Business, wisdom, tag, I like it. EJ and PK yeah. so they can get a chuckle, too. Right. And let's uh, let's make the best of the sales conference. Okay, well, DJ will put that on Twitter right now, and he'll get dozens of responses. And we'll get them for you, and then you can use them throughout the day. All right, you do it too, DJ, so we get, or PK, so we get a, you know, we get a thousand responses. Oh. I know the other people. You're a man of the people. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to see if I can get KUTV to retweet it. Their, yeah. their Twitter account's got a couple hundred thousand. That'll get you going. Yeah, yeah, we'll hey, do, do it. Hey, do I have, do I have... Do I have one minute to just address the Kobe thing? I know it's been a couple of days, but I... Go ahead. Do you have time or do you need to go? Go ahead. I just, uh, man, I, I, that thing hit me. And the crazy part about it, my son is the biggest uh, NBA guy in the world. And I have, actually happened to see it on Twitter about a minute after it was posted the first time. And you've seen so many of those things, you get, you know, cynical. But I guess the main thing is it kind of came to fruition. It was true and... And knocked us all back. I do think that over the last couple of days, there's been some magic in my life in terms of, you know, both myself and other people reaching out and kind of fixing some things in the past. Um, and, you know, I, it's sad that it had something happen, you know, tragic had to happen, but I guess that would be my plea. I think we can make the world a better place, right? And uh, we've all got stuff in our lives and nobody's perfect, but. I can just speak from experience that this tragedy, whatever, you know, the one thing I've tried to do with it is reflect on people that are still here that we can have an impact on. And um, I'm not always very serious, but that, that last couple of days has actually made a huge impact on me. So thought I'd share that with you guys. All right. There it is. We will leave on that. And you will uh, not check Twitter on your phone while you're driving to your sales conference. But once you get there... No. There should be yeah. several things available that will make you sound wise. Yeah, I do this uh, Provo to Salt Lake commute every day, man. And I, the one thing I have learned, you put that phone in your glove compartment, you don't even think about it, you know? So it's all good. Tim, we appreciate it. Thank you. All right, guys. We'll see you. See you later, a little bit later today, Peach. Okay. We'll see you. Tim Lacombe. Got the college basketball panel on the KMYU uh, Talking Sports. Well, Dave, it's the questions that we can't answer that teach us the most. Ooh, solid. Here they come. Yes. It is better to understand than to be understood. Man, that's something I wish I would have learned about 20 years ago, that's for sure. All right, DJ and PK, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're about 15 minutes away from talking Super Bowl mm. with Chad Lewis and Taysom Hill. How much of the load can he take over with the Saints? A little, a lot, all of it? If you are what you eat, then of course you are what you see and hear. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 in the zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke. Um, wait one second, guys. Are you leaving? Okay, I love you. Happy anniversary. There you go. There's the romantic 19 <laughs> years right there, guys. Me wishing my wow. life happy anniversary. Who says romance is dead? <laughs> 
I don't know about you, but I don't know if I could get away with saying, hey, uh, I'll see you later. Happy anniversary, by the way. Right in the middle of the conversation. Yeah, on a phone interview. I'm still scratching my head over it. I would be gutted. Like, that's what you're going to do for our anniversary? Happy anniversary as I'm leaving? This uh, is the business we chose. <laughs> oh, calm <laughs> oh, down there. Lloyd. Just because you're only celebrating your, like, what, first anniversary coming up here pretty soon? And you've already forgotten, what, one of them? Yeah. <laughs> I'm over for one. <laughs> oh, that's right. Catch Hans and Scotty every Every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Join the big show Friday from 3 to 6 at the Warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West in Salt Lake City. Price is so low it'll blow your mind. That's the Warehouse. In the break, you never know what's going to entertain somebody. What just entertained you, PK? You. And? And what? The Mad Ants. I saw the stars. They beat the Mad Ants. That's some great team names out there on lower levels. The UC Santa Cruz Banana Slugs. Tops the UC Irvine Andy. You can never get away with the Stanford Banana Slugs. <laughs> it wouldn't work. I mean, they, they, they can't be separated by, like, at, at best, 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. But yet, they're worlds apart. Fact. Mike Gillespie, when he was uh, he was a baseball coach at, at uh, SC for a number of years, and then he left and got the job at at uh, Irvine, and he was commenting, yeah, we are Irvine. One of the things we do here is we eat ants, because they were the anteaters. <laughs> it struck me as funny <laughs> when he said that. <laughs> I've never eaten an ant. I don't know how it would taste to eat that little, <laughs> the smallest of insects. <laughs> I have eaten ants. <laughs> no. I have. Red ants? No, are they... No, not red ants. They're not uh, tastier? <laughs> no, I'm not going to eat a red ant. They're, those suckers will... <laughs> I've been bit by a red ant hill. I just typed in uh, funny team nicknames, and the Athlon has a list of them, and the first one, I kid you not... The Jordan Beat Diggers. Well, there you go. There it Jordan is. Beat Diggers. Right down the street from you and your religious neighborhood in Sandy. Well, we got the fart, fighting artichokes down there at Scottsdale. Yeah, they do. Scottsdale Community College is the artichokes. Badger, Wisconsin. They're the Badger Badgers. We have the Beaver Beavers. See? <laughs> yeah. It's not that unusual. I find it's more the minor leagues, not the colleges. The Cairo Syrup Makers. Cairo, Georgia. It's a weird name. Well, what would you have? What would you do with pancakes? Of course, they probably giggled at the Salt Lake Buzz for a few years in the Pacific Coast League. Really? No S. The Salt Lake Buzz. What is that? That was fine. The double Z trend. I, I didn't think that was unusual. You, you know, with the bees take off and the buzz. No, I actually thought that was cool. Well, you haven't explained, but if you don't know the backstory to previous nicknames, maybe so. I don't know, maybe so. But I, I didn't, I didn't really know the back stories when I first got here, and they started my first year here. Didn't seem that unusual. I mean, it didn't, it didn't take hard to figure out Salt Lake Buzz, Utah Jazz. I mean, you can, it's not like you needed a big explanation. To figure that one out. At least for me, it didn't. 
In Michigan, there's a Watersmeet Nimrods. I think Nimrods is an odd team nickname. In the Bible, Nimrod was a mighty hunter. Nobody knows their Bible anymore. Today, a Nimrod is merely a moron. Really? That's our little uh, summary here on this. I know, I know, I, 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 yeah. I got it. Is now I didn't know. I didn't know about this one. You're an Arizona guy, so maybe the, in Yuma, there's a team named the Yuma Criminals. Oh, they have prison there. Yeah. Some of their cheap shots that they would do were absolutely criminal. Reese Stein said that that's why Highland High has black and white for the school colors here in Salt Lake City. So they had the old prison there. And when they tore it down, they put it in the park and the high school on what used to be the prison grounds and moved the prison down to the point of the mountain, which obviously is getting ready to move again. It is? <coughs> Where's it going? I mean, obviously, I had no Salt idea. Salt Lake. You didn't know the prison was moving? That was a big deal. Yeah, did oh. you know the prison was moving from the point of the mountain? Yeah. Yeah, I thought you did. Oh, I don't pay attention. And your Scottsdale uh, fighting artichokes made this, uh, made this list, too, so good for them. I can barely tell you the news around here. All right, DJ and PK, when we come back, Chad Lewis, former BYU and Philadelphia Eagle tight end, talking Super Bowl. Yeah, and he's wise. You know, wise men speak because they have something to say. Fools speak because they have to say something. Aha! Ponder that. That is a wise saying for Tim Lacombe to share. A fool is wise in his eyes. When we come back, Chad Lewis, stay with us.